Hey friends, this is John Ronaldo coming to you with a special announcement prior to getting to today's episode. Some brief news to share with you is that Paris Success Group has been closed as an organization beginning on Friday, November 13th, 2020. Therefore, that means I am no longer employed there, but please pray for the entire team at Paris Success Group as we transition to our next adventures. What does this mean for the show? Absolutely nothing. The good news is that the church podcast has always been and still remains an independent podcast that Chris and I do together. And we don't plan to stop recording episodes for you. You'll still get to hear our content and melodious voices every week, wherever you stream podcasts. You will hear me mention Parish Success Group at the end of the next couple episodes as we recorded them prior to the news. Although you can't contact me at Parish Success Group anymore, please note that you can still reach me through the church podcast. Now, without further delay, on to our regularly scheduled show. Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John Ronaldo. John, how goes it, my friend? It's cold. It's cold. It's it's cold. (laughs) Las Vegas cold or cold cold? No, Las Vegas cold. I tell you, uh, you know, we're recording about a week before this episode drops, but last Friday, it was 85 degrees, which was a record high for that day. Two days later, it was 53 degrees, which was a record low for the day. And like our low temperatures have been in the 30s at night. So it's cold. <laughs> it's cold in the desert. It's cold in the desert, everybody. The desert, it is. You know, I have to say this, because I put this on Twitter for those who follow me, at uh, John Ronaldo. You know, I, I put it on Saturday and I said, the, the high temperature for today was lower than the low temperature for yesterday. That's yep. how that's how crazy of a swing it was. So, but you know, it is. It's it's starting to feel like like cold, like fall, like winter. The leaves are falling off, uh, and the holidays are getting here really, really close. I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. I'm ready. Well, you guys should be prepared from last year, right? Didn't you have some snow last year in in Vegas? Like, uh, yeah. When was that? That was I had snow in my house about eight inches. It was about a year and a half ago but yeah right. we, we have had those those moments for sure and it, i mean it melted in like 10 seconds i'm sure but like still like it took 24 yeah. hours but yes, yeah it did. <laughs> cool 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 but um yeah no i mean it, it's still it's still a little warm around here in maryland we've we've had some cold snaps um but we're uh and we say warm like in the mid 50s to upper 60s you know just basically um, that's nice yeah, it, it, it's not bad. Although I, you know me, I love the cold weather. I, I would rather have it frigid and everything. However, the one thing I am nervous about with the cold weather is this idea of like, if um, with the rising cases and COVID numbers, uh, with the potential of shutdown, if things haven't already shut down in your area, it's like being inside, you know, all I think about is the shining, right? All work and no play, McJack, a dull boy. And, uh, you know, before people get worried and, 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 and about me and my family, don't worry. We don't, we don't live in a haunted house or anything like that. Uh, we will be totally fine. But, uh, yeah, with, uh, kind of the rising numbers happening, it does beg the question, are we on track for another, like, shutdown, another quarantine, another no ministry, no mass, no nothing in person? I think it's a conversation we need to be having. Look, we are not predicting the future. We are not scientists. You know, we are not pretending we know what's going to come of this, but we do know the numbers, right? 
the numbers are showing record cases since even when the pandemic started back in March, you know, over 100,000 new positive infections each day and more. And we've had numerous days, you know, uh, since before the election and after the election that, that are showing that. Um, and we start to see our European neighbors, right, you know, are shutting down and, and doing, doing different things. We've seen in Germany, we've seen in Italy, we've seen in the United Kingdom and England. It's a question and conversation that we need to be having. COVID is one of those topics that just refuses to go away. And I know we want it all to go away. I am right there with you, but it's not. And so as, as Chris and I were looking at the numbers and having this conversation and seeing what's, ha what's happening in Europe, are we heading in a direction where we may need to either shut down or limit numbers again? I think that's a very real possibility. Again, I don't know, I'm not predicting the future, but I think we need to be prepared because in March we were all surprised and that's okay. I don't think we can be surprised again, especially when you're, if you're tracking the numbers and paying attention. I think it's better to create a plan and have the conversation now, even if you don't end up using that plan, it's better to have a plan because I, I think there is a possibility that it could happen. So let's plan for a potential shutdown again now versus waiting and then having to scramble last minute like we did in March. Yeah, and we're not, again, this is, it's important to have a plan. It's not like we're saying build a doomsday shelter, you know, because the apocalypse is coming tomorrow. Although, you never know. Maybe. Um, <laughs> watch another uh, Walking Dead to, you know, never know. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's true. And, and not only is it a good exercise in preparing for the worst uh, case scenario, but anytime we, like, think about the what if, um, it, it keeps our minds adaptable and fresh. It keeps us focused on being able to adapt with anything that comes along. Because even if you're planning, let's just say you're planning for another shutdown, that actually might prepare you for other situations or other scenarios. Um, you know, the example that I would give is going back to the beginning of this whole uh, pandemic. Uh, you know, we as a parish, my, my church that I work at St. Joseph, never live stream. We went to live streaming, streaming like so many of you guys, and we made the conscious decision that we were going to make this a long-term uh, decision. And for that, not only do we have we upgraded our equipment, hired someone, you know, built a team around that person, but now that it gives us the ability to do so much more. Let's just say COVID went away tomorrow. It's not like we're going to say, okay, let's sell this equipment, let's get rid of it, and everything. But what that now enables us to do is think so much more about our event planning. Um, you know, we were even talking about this as a team, uh, as a team, where we're, we were such an event-based parish. And now what um, the ability to live stream has enabled us to do is uh, focus more on content development, right? To be a content developing uh, ministry because our events are changing and adjusting along those lines. So my point is, you know, before you, you know, uh, shut down this episode and toss this off as like a, you know, a unique sort of thing. Like, again, this topic can prepare you for other situations. It's not just a, a niche sort of uh, conversation. So in other words, uh, prepare for, you know, the worst and it can help you do your best. Uh, so John, as we think about kind of a, a possibility of a shut, shutdown, like what are some topics or things that come to mind? What are some things that you guys at Parish Success Group have maybe 
been talking to clients and, and you're like, oh man, I wish they would still continue to focus on this, or I'm glad they're focusing on that. Uh, what are some things that you've learned from these last couple of months that you feel like are applicable going into this next possible scenario? Well, I, I think the need to be nimble and flexible and adaptable continue to to be a reality. I, I credit a lot of parishes, and I know, Chris, you, you guys are the same way too, of really providing a hybrid option for folks, right? The, the, the digital option, as well as the face-to-face option for those that are comfortable, not comfortable, whatever, that's really good. And so if you're already providing a hybrid office, uh, option for, for many of your ministry, including masses, right? that a transition back to a shutdown or a potential shutdown will actually be a little bit easier. So, so, but, but backing up just a second, one of the things I want to premise this conversation with, and we have to think about it in the back of our head is not only if we shut down, but we have to remember Christmas is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. Right. And so a couple episodes ago, we talked about Christmas. We talked about the need to kind of, you know, really provide hybrid options and, and other things. And so we're not going to rehash that conversation. Uh, just go back a couple episodes. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. Episode, um, let's see, episode 156. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas was the title of that episode. So go back to that. Go to the churchpodcast.org and listen to that conversation we had with Rich Curran. But any planning that we do with potential shutdowns needs to also consider Christmas as a piece of this, right? Because Christmas is a big deal for the Catholic Church. Uh, and as Rich, I remember Rich saying in that episode that there's probably more people that come to Christmas Mass than come to Easter Mass, right? And so, so we have to really consider this. Now, if we end up having to shut down, not only is there an implication about formation and events and other things, but Christmas is absolutely on the table. And we have to really consider that. Uh, what does that look like from not only providing mass and streaming service, uh, options, but but also considering the financial implications of that, right? Yeah. You know, the budget, because look, we already had a down Easter, right? You know, uh, and so are we going to have a down Christmas because of maybe a potential shutdown? But quite honestly, most people aren't up to capacity anyway. So potentially we already might have a down Christmas. How do we plan for all that? Chris, I think first step number one, this week, I really do think it because Thanksgiving is literally right around the corner. So I think you need to have the conversation this week at your staff meeting, have a two hour staff meeting. I think you need to sit down and brainstorm your, your entire conversation is what if we have to shut down again? Yeah. And, and do two hour conversation planning around that. Go around the table. What does that mean for liturgy? What does that mean for youth ministry? What does it mean for faith formation? What does that mean for offertory and budget? What does that mean for everything? Again, it's a what if scenario. We don't know, but we need to plan. I think you need a two hour session minimally today and to start having that conversation because could it happen? I don't know. Uh, But I think the possibility is there. I think that's step number one. Yeah, definitely step number one. And I think three things that need to be a part of that conversation are your database, your, um, your, your budget, and as well as your communication, right? So database, uh, this was something that we talked about the, when quarantine first happened. If your data is not clean, it's going to make it so much more difficult to connect with people you know, during this quarantine. So if you haven't addressed your database, if you haven't started cleaning up your database, if you haven't started exploring your database because you have a new system in your parish, then you need to make sure that you have clean data because that's gonna be such a key to connecting with people. Uh, with the budget, um, you know, again, this is kind of looking over like where you are realistically, what are things that you can maybe cut back on that 
uh, you were doing before. I know our parish um, kind of went through a budget review, you know, knowing like the fact that when we had first created a zero budget, you know, back in July, thinking that, okay, maybe we would have more reprieve in January. Obviously, that's not looking the case. So we, you know, went back and, and made some adjustments. Everyone was ready for that. So that was good. And then the last thing is communication, which is connected with your database, but it's not just, you know, making sure you have everyone's contact information, but in what ways are you going to communicate to the parish? In what ways are you going to communicate as a team, especially if you're not in the office together? You know, are you going to use a resource like Slack or GroupMe or Basecamp, you know, um, which are all project management tools, you know? So those are three subjects that, that I would uh, address in that meeting and, and, and definitely then follow up steps to just actually having that meeting, John. Um, uh, what else would you uh, include in that, in that first meeting? Yeah, I think those three things, the database, communications, and budget uh, are really good conversations. Let me kind of tag upon that there a little bit. I think it's unrealistic that you plan for a Christmas offertory revenue as usual. It's not going to happen. You know what your trends are in your parish with 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 the what's the, what, I'm, what am I trying to say? The least or less people at the parish. Sorry, I couldn't get that out, right? Less people at mass, right? You know what your trends are, right? So probably for Christmas, you need to really consider a revenue adjustment and say, okay, we're we're probably only going to make the same that we would normally make on a Sunday, right? You know, on a, any give, other given Sunday, maybe that's, that's your projection, but I think you need to have projections on that. And then the conversation is what do we need to consider cutting again as kind of a plan, a plan B, right? This is only if things kind of shut down, right? You know, what is that going to look like? I think you really need to have those conversations in terms of communications, Chris, I'd love that you brought that up. There's the internal communication, but there's the external communication. I think you need to be prepared for some of the messaging that you're going to send out right away to your constituents, to your parishioners, right? And how are you going to do that via social media, via email, via your website, via uh, electronic bulletin, with which most parishes have at this point, right? What are you going to communicate and how you can communicate? And you know that if you hear from your state you know, today or tomorrow that uh, things are shutting down, people are going to have questions about Christmas right away. They will. They're going to have questions about Christmas right away. So be prepared for messaging. Even if you don't have an answer to that, because I know Christmas is still over a month away at the drop of this episode. Uh, but the reality is, you know, a shutdown could be a month, could be two weeks. It could be more than that. Right. And so having some communication, external communication, I think is, is really essential. And then the, and then the database, of course, we were caught flat footed. We didn't have accurate data. Hopefully we've spent the last six months fixing our database uh, and that we have more accurate contact information, which I know a lot of parishes have. And I really do, uh, applaud parishes for doing that. I, I think those are, th are, are three focus areas, but I think we need to talk about what ministry is happening. To, you know, and that needs to be part of your staff meeting. What ministry is happening? How are you doing youth ministry? How are you doing sacramental prep, Bible studies, whatever it is that you're doing and start creating a plan, not to shut it down. Okay. We don't, at this point, we have the technology, we have the background to know that we don't need to shut that down. But how do we get our folks, uh, our staff, to start thinking, okay, let's move it all digital again. Let's move it all distance again. Because one of the conversations that I would want to happen after the staff meeting, especially for like youth ministry and faith formation people is, now you need to have a conversation with your volunteer team, right? 
and planning for that and, and having them be part of the solution and get them thinking that this is a possibility. Again, we don't know, but again, it's better to be having that plan. What does it look like to move your hybrid program to a full digital program? Plan that out now. Hopefully you don't have to use it, but if you have to use it, you're golden. Right, right. And, and, and this goes back to what you were saying before, where from the start, we should have been planning for hybrid plans for hybrid programs and everything like that, because nothing is a, a done deal with that. And again, it, it helps you adapt. And, you know, one of the things that um, I've been conveying to my volunteers in my youth ministry is, you know, I made sure that a priority, and, and so this applies to those of you who are DREs, youth ministers, leading small groups, goes back to the database thing. Number one, make sure you have the right contact for all of your participants in your programs and your ministries. Make sure that you have the most accurate contact, uh, contact information and that you're ready to go so that when you go virtual, no one's left in the dark. Um, you know, and, and secondly, uh, this is where you want to really entrust responsibility into your volunteers. You know, one of the things that I've learned over the last couple of months, John, is that, um, you know, the difference between in-person and virtual is that you have to rely on your your uh, volunteers so much more in a virtual world than you do in person. Because in person, right, if I'm by myself, I can sort of like throw things together. I can sort of put things together on my own. But in a virtual world, yeah, you could throw everyone into Zoom and do something, but that will that will blow up in your face a lot quicker than in an in-person thing. So whether it's religious ed, whether it's youth ministry, um, pastoral ministry, you know, small groups, whatever you're doing, start getting your leaders ready to handle that Zoom meeting on their own, to send out those emails to their specific group or text messages or group messages to their groups, to those parents. Uh, because if that falls all on you, then that those communications are just gonna get sucked up into the mess that our inboxes can create um, you know, during a, a shutdown like this. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. That really becomes step two is, is kind of like the after the staff meeting, what is the continuing conversations need to look like with volunteer teams, with other folks as, and again, liturgy playing a role in this, right? Are we going to shut down liturgy again? And, and what is liturgy going to look like? And so I think this really affects a lot of different things. So I think a third step here, Chris, in terms of this conversation is if you're the supervisor, whether you're the parish administrator or the pastor or parochial vicar or supervises folks, I think this week after that staff meeting, after you have that staff meeting on your weekly one-on-ones, we've talked about that before, uh, your weekly one-on-ones with your staff, you're, you are having this conversation as well, right? And, and really asking, you know, Chris, if, if I'm your boss, and, and if I was your boss, I so apologize, Chris. But if I was your boss, Chris, I would expect us to have a conversation about, okay, Chris, what are you thinking in terms of if we shut down, what is your plan? Tell me what your plan is, because I want to hear it. I want to provide potential input if I have any. And in many cases, I won't have input because a lot of your leaders are, are more than competent to have this conversation and, and to plan these types of things, obviously, right? But I want to hear that plan. I want to make sure that my team is prepared. So after that staff meeting, during my one-on-ones, the majority of my 30-minute weekly one-on-one conversation is going to be, tell me what your plans are if we have to shut down again for youth ministry, for faith formation, for liturgy, for whatever it is, right? What is it going to look like and plan for that? So I think that's really step three. Right. And, and if you're listening to this and you are one of those employees, like the youth minister, or the DR, not in a, not in a necessarily a leadership position, start thinking about that. Right. Because, you know, um, 
leadership might come to you looking for ideas. Um, and they also might be coming to you hoping that you have something that maybe can inspire another area of ministry or another um, department within your church as well. So start thinking about those things, start thinking about like, okay, how would I run our children's program online? You know, how would I do pastoral ministry uh, remotely um, differently than what we did before? What would we, would we repeat from before as well? And so having that plan is huge. And, you know, as a, as an employee, John, if you were my boss, one, I'd apologize. But like, uh, secondly, I would say, I want to know what leadership is thinking. What is leadership thinking? Where are they leaning towards? Are they leaning towards making this, um, you know, switch, you know, before the numbers get worse? Um, you know, what's being communicated from the diocese? What um, are, what, what's the reality of the situation so that I can brace myself, you know, and not live in, you know, la la land. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, next week, shut it down so that I can prepare and know that, um, Hey, we're getting close or, you know, just e even if it's an assumption, it doesn't have to be hundred percent accurate, but just knowing where leadership is leaning in, in these times. Yeah, I agree with that. Look, be proactive, right? Come up with a plan. Even if your pastor or your leader doesn't have a staff meeting about it, come up with the plan anyways and share that plan at your next one-on-one. Say, hey, I've been thinking about this just in case we have another shutdown. Here's how I'm looking to adjust things, whatever like that. Because quite honestly, that could then get the, the pastor, the parish administrator, whoever your supervisors go like, oh, we should be having a larger conversation about this. And so you could be the instigator of a good conversation about it. So don't wait for your leader to force this conversation. You start it even if your, your pastor or your parish administrator is not having the conversation. That can lead to good things as well. And feel free to talk about it with your colleagues, right, Chris? You're the youth ministry uh, person, right? You know, you work in collaboration with everybody on your staff, right? You know, you can start saying, hey, I'm starting to think about this to your DRE, your faith mission director. It's like, what are you thinking? And maybe he or she is like, oh, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Or maybe they have been. And now you guys are talking about it, right? And so it, it don't wait for a top down. You can start to have these conversations right now. Really don't wait. And I really like what you said about pay attention to the vibe of what's happening uh, in your in your diocese, in your state. Look, the pastor's not going to make the decision on their own, right? It's going to be a diocesan. Uh, decision, right? And the diocese is going to follow state mandates. I mean, and state law, that's going to be what it is. So uh, it's not like, you know, in most cases, not like, well, I'm thinking we should shut down if the state doesn't, that's not likely to happen. I mean, it could, right. but, but I think, look, you don't need to get a, go get overwhelmed with information about what's happening in your particular state. But I think just paying attention to what's happening in your state uh, what are the numbers looking like? What is COVID? Do we see the possibility? I mean, again, I, I question whether we have the political and economic will to make a decision like that. Uh, again, I don't know what's right or wrong, you know, about that. But paying attention to those dynamics, I think, are, is really essential. But regardless of what's happening in those dynamics, plan for it anyways. I think it's so important. Yeah, um, plan for it have these conversations, definitely bring that along. And, you know, uh, just kind of going back, if, if you are not on leadership by you asking this, the, this could spark with step number one, which is having that initial meeting and, and having that conversation and getting people to think about it as well. Um, you know, if, if I were to propose a third step, uh, John, that third step would be start beta testing some of the stuff. You know, um, one of the nice things about where we are now, or when we're out of a, um, 
quarantine situation is you, you can test some of these things without um, the pressure of executing it perfectly. So for example, if you have not started streaming as a parish, get on it now. Um, there are so many now articles, tutorials, churches who have tried it. And even if it's just buying the new iPhone 12, you know, again, not getting any commission from that, but if it's buying the new iPhone or new uh, Samsung or whatever that's out there, setting it up on a tripod. I found an iPhone tripod, John, the other day on Amazon for 16 bucks. You know, it's Black Friday. Start looking at technical equipment, you know, and, and, and I'm serious, like start looking at technology if you haven't already and invest in upgrading that. If you haven't done virtual small groups, right, because you were you, you were quick to that and your state opened up early and you're doing in-person small groups, you know, that's great but try a couple of virtual small groups, get your teens, get your adults, get your parishioners, your volunteers used to jumping on Zoom. I know we're a little bit more accustomed to it, but be strategic with what that format looks like. Um, you know, same thing with uh, uh, um, sacramental prep, right? Look at what that's gonna look like. If you have your retreat, you know, planned and, and you haven't gotten it in before a shutdown, like ask yourself, okay, what is this gonna look like? Are we gonna, you know, do something on Zoom? Are we gonna send them a couple of videos um, with PDFs and reflections? Are they gonna reflect on podcasts? You know, what does a virtual retreat look like? And even consider that an option because even if your state is fully open, I, I don't know about you, John, but I know here in Maryland, even though a lot of things are open and we were able to provide an in-person retreat, we still have materials for anyone who one, test positive or two, just didn't feel comfortable coming in person. You know, and so don't be afraid to, to beta test those things out. Look at project management software, you know, um, what you can stream, what you can't stream. You know, even consider holding an event that you would do in person solely virtual, just so that you can get a feel for it and, and go through those motions so that when you have to, it doesn't feel like it, you don't feel the pressure from doing it for the first time. Yeah, I didn't think about retreats. Uh, you know, I know, Chris, you just came off doing a day-long retreat, you know, mm -hmm. at your parish. Uh, that's probably the best plan for this year. I know a lot of parishes do weekend-long retreats away. <laughs> I don't know what the conversation has been in the youth ministry world, but in my mind, that seems like a fool's errand for this year, <laughs> you well, know, to even consider an overnight uh, retreat uh, during this time. It just doesn't seem doesn't seem realistic or feasible given the realities of where we're at today, but maybe that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I mean, that's where talk to your local retreat houses, right? Because um, just, and, and I, I do think it's a, a good conversation for another time, but the one we worked with is actually hosting an overnight retreat coming up for a high school and um, they're able to accommodate single rooms and, and they, they have a whole safety plan in place and everything like that. And so, um, yeah, talk to your local retreat houses, talk to your diocese, talk to other parishes about what they're doing and providing. Because um, like you said before, John, we're not going to be surprised by that, by this uh, shutdown if another one comes our way, but we can definitely be much more prepared. Absolutely. So so to recap, there, there are five different things that we recommend for us to move forward. The first one is have a staff meeting today you know, just to have this conversation alone, right? What happens if we need to shut down, right? With the caveat of saying, look, hopefully we don't have to, we don't know, but but let's be proactive and start thinking about creating a plan, right? Secondly is is use your one-on-one -on -one times. If you're supervising staff, use your one-on-one -on -one times to, to, uh, to have the conversation. Three, engage your volunteers in this conversation as well. Get them their thoughts. Uh, and you don't always have to wait for your pastor or your administrator to take the lead. 
four, pay attention to what's happening in your diocese and your state. Just kind of keep a lookout, see what the trends are. And then five, if you got the time, do some beta testing um, and, and, and try some new things and experiment. And with that said, I think, again, I hope we don't shut down again. Um, but I do see a reality where we could. But, so I think it's best that we plan for that. And, and a quote that I've used a million trillion times with lots of different workshops uh, that I've done and trainings I've done that, that I love is this one. If you fail to plan, then you will plan to fail. Right? And so you've got to plan. You have to plan. If you don't plan, you will fail. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. You need to have a plan in this circumstance. I hope you don't need to use that plan. I really don't but it's better to be prepared. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Not only will you be prepared, but again, just to emphasize, this is the type of exercise that can equip you um, for the future. And not only that, but open new doors um, to your parish in ways that um, were impossible before. You will also be able to recruit new leaders who will rise to the occasion in your in your parish when you do something different. People who are sitting you know, in the pews just wondering what their purpose was. And if it's launching a new ministry or a new initiative or tackling a new problem, there are people who are excited to get on board with that. So again, this isn't a fruitless exercise. This isn't a doomsday sort of approach. This is something that will help you um, not only prepare, but also um, take your ministry to an entirely new level that it wouldn't have gone to before if you had just done things the way that you've always done them. All right. So if you guys have questions, if you want to learn more, um, you know, definitely reach out to us at questions at the church podcast.org. Um, John, I, I would definitely, um, you know, throw myself out there for anyone who wants to learn about virtual streaming church ministry. Like I can just at least share with you my journey of us going from, you know, a simple webcam to our, um, you know, extensive equipment at this time. Um, if you're a parish who's interested in that, uh, just either shoot us an email at questions at the church podcast.org, or you can reach out to me uh, through Marathon Youth Ministry. Um, but John, any other last thoughts or comments you want to add before uh, we officially sign off here? Not really. Just uh, just have the conversations. They are important to have. Uh, be transparent. Be open about this. And and again, we referenced in a previous episode about uh, the the ostrich with its head in the and don't be the ostrich with the head in the sand. The time is gone. This is here to stay for a bit. Unfortunately, get your head out of the sand. All of us, I, I've had to get my head out of the sand too. So I'm raising my hand here, right? And, and have the conversations. Don't be afraid of the conversations. Get your team to start thinking about it. Again, I hope you don't need to use these plans, but I think there's a possibility that you could. It's better to be prepared. Definitely, definitely. And if you want to uh, reach out, uh, out to us again, questions at thechurchpodcast.org, go to our website, thechurchpodcast.org. And if they want to get in touch with you, John, the best place? Uh, visit us at parishsuccessgroup.com. All our information is there. And of course, if you want to have any of this conversation on Twitter at social media, go to at John Ronaldo. And of course, again, you can find me at Marathon Youth Ministry and all things social media, Marathon Youth Ministry as well. Um, and if you like this episode, uh, please share it with your friends, your family, your, your pet, your neighbor, anyone who you think might benefit. If you liked uh, this episode, we would love for you to leave a five-star review on uh, iTunes or Spotify or anywhere this podcast can be heard. And for previous episodes, again, go to the churchpodcast.org. John, always a pleasure to talk with you, even if it's worst case scenario. I'm glad I, I get, it's never worst case scenario as long as you're there. 
uh, with that, would you close us in prayer? <laughs> well, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you very much. Yes, let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving, gracious God, for your mission, for our mission of evangelization, discipleship, sometimes we're required to have some conversations that maybe we don't want to have, including what if we shut down again? And what does that mean for, for how we continue to do uh, what you've called us to, Lord? So we just ask that you encourage us uh, and give us the, the courage to have these conversations, to not be afraid to, to, to go into the unknown and to explore, Lord. And so that's what we need right now. Uh, Lord, help us to, to go into this with our eyes wide open, learn from the, our experience from the past, bring that into the present so that uh, we're not caught flat-footed uh, if we are to shut down again or, or whatever else that you may send our way. I mean, after all, it is 2020. So who knows what will happen, Lord? So be with us, inspire us, give us courage, give us strength as we continue to do your work. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.